Hello and welcome back to Cause Internal Monologue. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the Babylon 5 Season 5 episode, Objects in Motion. So, this is another part of the epilogue, and we have, what, officially three members of the main cast leave? Uh, so this is really the moment where if you weren't already feeling the epilogue-ness of the remaining episodes, it starts hitting home. Uh, I like how this episode has an assassination plot, but the assassination plot is basically in the background, gets like five minutes of screen time, and then it is stopped about halfway through the runtime. Like, it, it's not even practically there. It's just an excuse for everything else to happen. Uh, very similar to the assassination plot that began this season. Um, so, uh, I like how Lita just assumes that everybody's, uh, that, uh, basically everybody that's willing to help her or show pity on her is doing it out of a selfish need, a personal need, uh, uh some sort of veiled interest. And Jakar, when, when she mentions it to Jakar, Jakar says, you know, you know, my fears for you have, you know, been realized. You have much to learn, basically. Because both uh, Jakar and Zack cared greatly about Lita, and still do. Uh, but she is so jaded by her experiences and everything that has happened. Which, like I said last time, you know, you can't really blame her for everything like this is the path she's been on for a while now it was never going to end happily and uh uh so you know jakar means uh, means well by her it has nothing to do with bringing telepaths to the narn people and for zach it's a it's a love that he knows will never be reciprocated but he can at least show her some kindness and i and i like how she she tries to play it like oh uh it's funny everybody wa uh, you know wants her gone so jakar is leaving because everybody wants him and she's leaving because no one w uh, wants her and, and jakar says yeah but we, we are are similar it's just that you haven't gone through the same growth i have he, you know, he mentions uh the the uh, the life is only worth the amount of tears uh and uh too much and your your soil is drowned you know too little and your plants don't grow uh that her feelings are valid but she has to learn to temper them and much like he did his feelings, his anger, his bitterness was completely valid. But he had to learn over time to let go, move on, and become someone who was willing to grow and change and be the better person. So Lita may potentially get that for her. Um, and, and, and I like when they leave, Zack is there. Uh, he's behind some crates, he doesn't announce himself, and he watches as they go by. You know, in there's a minute where she looks behind, and uh, one would think, oh, maybe she senses him with her telepathy or whatever, but no, he he doesn't say anything, and she doesn't say anything. I think she just wanted the feeling that someone was there, hoping, and maybe she reached out and felt him. Who knows? But he was there because he did care, and it's his way of letting go to not say anything, let her go on her own journey of self-discovery uh maybe jakar can temper that anger uh and i like how 
Jakar's journey and Lita's journey is kind of tying into Jakar's very famous speech uh, in Mind War about there are things in the universe far greater than us uh, that now he is going out and he wants to discover that uh, and maybe in that discovery discover himself and the next moves he needs to make and hopefully save a life that being Lita in the process uh, there, there's also this beautiful irony of the planned assassination by the board against Lisa Garibaldi fails, but the unplanned fanatical assassination against Jakar by his crazy fanatic who claims he owed he's owed something by Jakar that it, it, that Jakar is made by them and therefore he'd be nothing without them. It, it, it's the kind of fanatical behavior you see in a fan, a fan of something like uh, there there is a fan and then there is a fanatic. Fan is short for fanatic obviously but there is a line uh you know uh i'm sure if you've ever been to a con you've witnessed both uh and i know uh that some people uh oh you know i, I i've witnessed people deal with that kind of fanatic and it it's a difficult thing uh where they've attached so much of themselves and their personality to you and uh that they have basically become dependent on you uh, without you ever knowing, uh, parasocial relationships. Um, it, it's actually an entire uh, sociological and psychological study about the nature of fandom and how people grow attached to people who never know that they've ever existed. Like, uh, you know, uh, I made this entire show uh, celebrating... Uh, a TV show that I love created by a writer that I think is amazing um, but JMS doesn't really know I exist I know he's retweeted a couple of things I've sent him but like he probably doesn't remember my name he's met thousands and thousands of fans he probably does not remember a Kyle share am I bothered by that no not at all doesn't bother me at all because I'm not a fanatic but it's it, you know it's this kind of thing where I am praising something that he did but he'll never know and the, the irony of that fanatic hitting Lise instead of his intended target of Jakar uh, is a nice twist on the, the classic assassination thing, but also shows how little the assassination meant. Like, it, it, it's just a way to uh, bring everything into focus for Garibaldi especially, uh, but also for Jakar, uh, telling Jakar, okay, this is it, I gotta go. These people are so obsessed with me, they think I owe them something, they need to forget me. And maybe in that forgetting, they'll find themselves. And with Garibaldi, you know, uh, he's just managed to put his uh, life back together. He's still detoxing as of the beginning of this episode. He's trying to figure out where does he belong? What does he want to do? You know, all that jazz. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. And when Lise is almost taken from him, that rearranges everything in focus. Of, oh, Lise was the one thing I wanted. And happiness ain't permanent. He is, you know, he's been down this road many, many times. He's uh, he's come and gone through her life. They've been together. They've broken up. They've been together. They've broken up. There was times where he thought he lost her. And uh, he just almost recently threw that, that happiness and that life with her away all by his onesies. So he's got to make it permanent now. So when she wakes up, he immediately goes, okay, we're getting married, and we're getting married now. And it's just this joyous moment of two people who know that their life 
you know, is they are meant for each other and their lives need to be shared. But life throws you a lot of curveballs. Uh, and there is no way to guarantee that the happiness of this moment will continue two seconds from now. So take it while you got it. Now is all we got. And so Garibaldi is, of course, elated and joyous. And Jerry Doyle just, you know, is wonderful acting like this. And, and, and Garibaldi deserved this. After all he's been through for the five seasons, not even counting all the shit that happened to him prior to the show beginning... Garibaldi deserves some happiness. As he puts it when he's saying goodbye to Sheridan and Delenn, you know, this is not the life he expected for himself. He expected himself to, you know, be laying face down, dead, somewhere uh, on the station, long forgotten, nobody cared. You know, that's what he expected to be. That's what he expected of his life. He was nothing. And now, he's got a wife that loves him. He's got uh, the potential for a job. Uh, now that he, you know, screwed over the board of executives of Eggers Industries and flushed them out, um, which is a hilarious scene, by the way. I, I love it how he revels in that by using his authority as the ISA, uh, you know, previous ISA intelligence officer, and then number one, aka Tessa, coming back to uh, and placing her as the new intelligence officer, not only help Mars but also helps himself, where, you know. He's an everyman. That's always what Garibaldi's supposed to be. He's always been boots on the ground, ordinary guy, and so he, you know, he was targeted by this board of executives, and now he is, you know, he takes it to them personally, and fucks them over in, in a glorious fashion, and it's it's almost payback in a way because these kind of people, uh, as uh, Tessa points out, number one points out. You know, uh, when Mars declared independence, there was a panic by the mega corporations because they were abusing uh, and manipulating the situations on Mars to be they uh, to get cheap labor, uh, sell things at high prices, etc., and basically strip mining the world uh, for all its resources. And so now that it's independent, they can make their own laws. The mega corps who are owned by Earth know that you know serious regulations are going to be put on them. And uh, basically, they are wanting, historically speaking, uh, wars of independence usually end. And then a, not too long after, a civil war between the new independent people begins because there is no way to decide, now that they are free, what exactly to do. And these mega corporations want that they because they want to their uh, business prices to remain up. They want their business to be good. Uh, it, it's sociology and economics in action uh, in terms of corporations. And Garibaldi, the everyman, the stand-in for the ordinary person on the street, tells the corporations to go fuck themselves. And he grinds them underfoot like they were grinding him under their foot. It's a glorious moment. But, you know, uh, just Garibaldi is so elated in this episode and it's so perfect. Like, he can't even bring the correct words out when he's talking to Sheridan Dillon when he's saying goodbye. Is that this is not a life he ever foresaw for himself. And now he has the chance to make a family for himself, do something good, get his life in order. Uh, you know, he's been through a lot of shit. And maybe, just maybe, we deserve a happy ending. Especially because of the darkness of, uh, you know, the, the fall of Centauri Prime, Londo got a very tragic, horrible end, you know, and, and that's the point of it. It's a tragedy. But with Garibaldi, you have 
someone who's been to the ends of the earth and witnessed all this pain and experienced all this pain, but can come back, stand on his own two feet, and put his life back together. That even after every time, you, even after all hell has broken loose and you've gotten knocked down, you can pull yourself back up and begin anew. That new beginnings are possible, and it doesn't matter how hard you hit the mat, it's how you pull yourself back up that matters. And speaking of which, there's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scene with Jakar when he is saying goodbye to Sheridan that I think um, is not only well written and well acted, but it holds special meaning to me. So I went to university in the United Kingdom, uh, and uh, I'm, of course, from Oklahoma here in the United States. And after several years... Uh, in the United Kingdom, I had the return home. I didn't. I didn't have the ability to stay after my, uh, you know, uh, time at university was up, and I had to say goodbye to friends. Uh, my life that I had established there, I had essentially created a family for myself, a way of living that I was comfortable with, and I had to say goodbye to that. And it was heartbreaking. It was miserable. And I keep, you know, I've had to say goodbye to a lot of people uh, and a lot of things and a lot of places throughout the years. But that was the hardest. And uh, I still keep in touch with several people from there. I've gone back several times and visited over holidays and stuff. But it's still difficult knowing that in my heart of hearts, that's my home. But I'm stuck here in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And that has caused a lot of anguish. Uh, on my mental health and Drakkar's speech about how when we leave a place part of us remains and part of the place goes with us and that uh, our experiences form our memories of this place and that uh, we will forever carry that with us and perhaps perhaps on some metaphorical level we have impacted that area in some way uh, that our mark is still felt you know, again, go anywhere in these halls and just listen. Uh, you know, our voices will echo uh, all our past conversations, all our thoughts. Uh, and so th I post that uh, on various social media. I post that quote every time, uh, along with my graduation picture, every year on my graduation day, um, just as a reminder to myself and to others that life has moved us in different directions. The road takes us different places, but we're still connected from our time together. Uh, and that does not diminish anything. That uh, life is complicated and full of pain and misery, but it's also full of kindness and compassion. And take the happiness where you can get it. Now is all you've got, as Delenn says. And I like that moment where they go and they walk the length of the station. It's their way of putting their mark on this place and uh, bringing in that final happy memory to take with them to Midbar. Anyway, got one more episode of this epilogue, and then we're on to the finale. Boy, it's going to suck when I say goodbye. But that is the nature of life. Uh, and, um, you know, Babylon 5 is many things. It's also uh, heartfelt in ways that few uh, pieces of fiction can't be. Anyway, see you next time. Till then, bye.